you know the way I'm going. No, we don't know the way you're going. It's just so us, isn't it? Follow me. Where? <laughs> we'll, we'll have a laugh and a look at, uh, at us and our relationship with Jesus. You know, our relationships with each other are meant to mirror, mirror our relationship with Jesus. And our relationship with Jesus is meant to mirror our relationships with one another. How's that going? <laughs> it's just funny. I mean, life's just a hoot, really, when you think about how we really are in relation to who God really is and what we say we're about and what we're really about. All these things are, are so human uh, in the world and the way we live it in the world. Uh, Malcolm's my, my name. If you haven't met me before, I'm uh, the senior pastor here. And just such good news listening to you, Kieran, and the enthusiasm for a future. What does a future depend upon? Sorry, Charles? Hope in Jesus. Yeah. It doesn't depend upon this or that or the other thing. It doesn't depend on Kieran or me or you. or Particularly, it's where we fix our eyes. That's what the future's about. And, um, and we take the next step well. One way next year that you could take the next step well is just this pile of these out there, or a couple of these out there anyway. Do the course, small group, excellent. So we're taking our, our baseline from here. And it's often very hard to recommend a devotional book but I think this one is truly profound. They have put so much work into this that follows the course. Someone at the 7.30 this morning said that they'd done uh, the other one of these books three times and were still benefiting from it. So that she said, I've lashed out and uh, I bought, bought this one as well. So let me uh, encourage you with that. Can you recall a conversation uh, that you've had and uh, during the conversation, you just get that sense that you're not on the same page. We just don't seem to be on the same page here. And clearly, the person that you're conversing with has had some expectation. Some expectation. And uh, it's news to you. <laughs> Look at these two. <laughs> it's, new, it's news to you. Clearly they've had some expectation and, and that expectation hasn't been met. So this morning um, we're going to talk about expectations because uh, we all have them. And it's intriguing to read the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, with expectations uh, in mind. What are your expectations? Hmm. What are my expectations generally? What are your expectations of... Uh, leaders of, your, of, of an employer, of a partner, of a child, uh, a minister. What are your expectations of a whole church? Uh, you know, the, 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 royal, the royal you, but you, the whole church, dot, 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 have somehow met an expectation or not met an expectation. What are our expectations as a church? I think I heard some of Kieran's expectations as a church moving forward. They're expectations. Do you, do you see them and do you hear them? And if I'm not really careful with those questions, 
what are your expectations as a church uh, uh, of each other in the church, etc. If I'm not careful with those questions, I just create a kind of a church or a kingdom that's of my own making. I, I just make it up. As my very wise wife says, uh, if you don't know, you'll just make it up. <laughs> and that will become truth. That will become the thing. Um, we see this in popularity politics, don't we? You know, where my way, my way just replaces the sense of us and community on, uh, uh, on mission in relationship together. Um, expectations are there very clearly, but they're very individualistic. They don't serve us all. And I saw this week um, an article about France... And look, this is not having a crack at anybody. It was just fascinating where Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, has approached um, the leaders of the Islamic communities across the country and asked those leaders to come back to him with a charter. Because he says, said, guys, what I really need as a governential, as a government leader, I need to know what I can expect from you. I thought, isn't that interesting? If we got all the Christian leaders together, as if anyone cared in the West, if we got all the Christian leaders together and said, what can we expect from you? Just think about it for a second. You tell me what you can expect from the Christian community. You can expect education. You can expect welfare. You can expect medicine. You can expect an interest in the common good. You can, you, can, you can expect a lot of things. You can expect some bad junk too, but expectations are really important. And we'll look at that in, in more detail in a minute, but it's evident that when expectations are not clear and agreed upon, our relationships start to get all over the place. Relationships will always struggle, whether it's partners or parents or relatives or siblings. What are your expectations? Are they clear expectations and is there a mechanism for making them clear? So I think a good place to start is with God. What are his expectations? Does God have expectations? Does the Father have expectations? Absolutely, he does. And we heard them in Exodus 20, at least some of them. I mean, some of them. Uh, you know, we call them the Ten Commands, but you could replace the word command with expectation, couldn't you? Ten expectations. They've come out of slavery. They're a bit of a rabble. They're all over the place. They haven't really known any coherent leadership. And God expects them to hold him at their centre. Trust in God. Trust also in me, I think Jesus said, didn't he? And the first four of those expectations, and you can read them as well as I can, focus towards God. So the expectation of God is your relationship with him, first and foremost, the top four. You know, you're, if, you're, if you're in the top four, you get a second crack at the finals. Focus on the top four. Get your priorities straight. No other gods. 
In him alone you can know God, so no idols. Take God seriously, don't misuse God's name. And then there's this restoration piece, the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Why? Because you need to be in a state of rest to focus on the other three. Starts with God, the expectations. And then there are six expectations in relation to our relationships with each other. Charity starts at home. Keep the parents, keep at peace with your parents. I was, was going to say keep the parents happy. <laughs> but don't necessarily keep the parents happy. Just remember that a lot of investment has gone in at home. Yeah, we could segue off in all sorts of directions with that, but I'll resist the, tempta- resist the temptation. Get control of your anger. Guard your intimate relationship, should you have one, and ships if you have uh, other sorts of relationships that you need to guard carefully. Prosper in good conscience. That's about not stealing. Prosper, but don't pinch other people's stuff to do it. Hold on to the truth. Don't lie. Be thankful. Don't covet. Don't... Just be thankful for what you do have. So they're all relation with each other. So you see, the Bible itself is a manual of God's expectations for his, dare I say, in those early days at least, woefully uh, wayward people. Has anything changed? Are those expectations still relevant? I think they are. You know? Uh, Erwin McManus uh, preached a very good sermon entitled God's Radical Minimum Standard. Bang. That's it. Expectations. And you'll notice that these are expectations of, of us for the benefit for others and and ourselves and our relationships. So, does Jesus have expectations? Well, did Jesus' expectations line up with the Father's expectations? Absolutely they do. And some people like to tell me, I like the God of the New Testament, don't like the God of the Old Testament. They're not different gods, folks. Jesus' expectations mirror the Father's. What did Jesus say about those expectations? He said, I haven't come to abolish the Father's expectations. I've come to live a life that fills them full. They'll be fulfilled in me. So then what do we find in Jesus' first and great sermon in Matthews chapter 5 and 7? We find a whole list of Jesus. Some, some people think Jesus restating the law, God's expectations. We call it the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus outlines his expectations. I'll blast through it. What does blessing really look like is where Jesus starts around expectations Don't define blessing after what you think it should be. Get the expectation clear because blessing is about those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, those who get shot in their attempt to make peace. Wow, that's blessing. Get your expectations clear, folks. I'm here to have a happy, comfortable life. Really? Good luck with that Jesus expectations in Matthew 5 to 7 be a salty person and then relationally we we see murder adultery or faithfulness divorce promises go the extra mile how to how to to treat enemies love them (coughs) gosh whose idea was that 
giving, giving, part of the fundamental expectations of Jesus. Hypocrisy, particularly in spiritual matters. I'll say first that this is a church full of hypocrites, but there's always room for one more. So you can be here as well, and it starts with me. So there you go. We try not to be, but sometimes we are. Treasure, where do we find it? Worry, judging others. And then there's these expectations of how we come near to God. We ask God properly. It's a narrow entrance into that relationship. In other words, the command or expectation is his, clear, and we follow it. True prophets, how do we know them? It's quite simply, we inspect the fruit that they produce. True disciples, how do we know them? We inspect the fruit that they produce. And then wise building requires good foundations. There's Jesus outlying the expectations and filling full the whole expectation of the kingdom of God. And then he says, so in light of that, will you come and follow me? Have we got the expectation you want to come and follow? It's good stuff, isn't it, really? It's interesting because Peter says later, using the same word for follow, he says, don't follow the scoffers. Jesus says, come follow me. Don't follow the scoffers, those who would scoff at God's uh, word and expectations. So God's expectations are perfected in Jesus. And then if you look at John's Gospel, just for a moment, which was read for us, chapter 14, all the teenage chapters in John's Gospel are actually building up to Jesus' great work of laying down his life for you. Did you know he's done that? that he laid down his life. He forsake the lo- forsook the love of the Father for you and me. So this is where they're heading to in the teen chapters, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 of John's Gospel. And so Jesus is always the right place to start when you're thinking about God and expectations. And here we have this beautiful uh, passage in John 15, not 14. Jesus says, as, as the Father has loved me, so have I what? Just think about that for a second. How much the Father and the Son were in intimate union with each other and loved one another. That's what you can expect from God. Expect that. From him. That's his love for you. Now remain in it, it says in verse 9. We're in John 15, 9, if you want to have a look at it. John 15, 9. And then he says, if you keep what I expect of you, if you do it, you will rest in that love. Isn't it great when we, when we align and clarify expectations and then expect them? Do you do that? Do you expect to rest in his love? You can. It's a deal. It's a promise. Just as I've kept my father's expectations and remain in his love, so can you if you keep his expectations, remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. In other words, you'll experience what I experience of the intimacy with God and the Father, and then your joy is going to be complete because if you get the joy that I get, man, you're going to know joy. 
My expectation is this, verse uh, 12 of John uh, 15, love each other the way I've loved you. That's last week. Love each other the way I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this. What's the expectation? Lay down your life for one another. For one another. That's God's expectation. If you are my friend, you will do what I expect. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I now call you friends. Can you see that how, the tra- how the relationship explodes when we see the expectation, we clarify the expectation, and I have a part to play, and then I receive something good as well because of the expectation. So it's not just expectation to do something, it's having done it, I receive in the expectation. It's great stuff. But what about the disciples? What were their expectations? What were their expectations? Remember, in the teenage chapters, we're heading to crucifixion. It was a very tumultuous time. And I want you to know that a lot of this time, the disciples felt confused, abandoned, betrayal was in the air. That's their situation. And then in John 14, verse 1, that was read for us, Jesus speaks calming words to them, but their hearts are troubled. That's where we're sitting in these, in these passages. And then in, in chapter 16, Jesus says this. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Another expectation, despite the tumult of life, in me, he says, you can have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. That's a, a promise. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's the context that we're in. And you can feel the churning in the disciples' stomachs. And when we're like that, we may have negotiated all sorts of expectations. We might be sort of at peace where things are at. But on the inside, we're getting a bit native, you know, getting a bit base brain, not sort of frontal cortex where all the refined stuff happens, we're getting a bit desperate and our expectations can get pretty weird when we're under pressure. You know, we get blamey, we plan a lot, we do the numbers, we rip people's heads off, we do all sorts of stuff, don't we, in that place so we can identify with the disciples. We even make bold decisions and declarations like, I will lay down my life for you. Yeah, right. So what were the disciples and family and community leaders' expectations of Jesus before he was crucified? Just tell me, what what were they? What did they expect? Yeah, they wanted someone to bash up their enemies and win. So we obviously needed an army. Yeah, that was his job. Yeah, absolutely. We want a king like the other nations, back into the Old Testament expectations, you see, the old fulfilled in the new. We want a king, and, and, and actually, Jesus, you're not doing a very good job of being the sort of king we were expecting. Yep, what else? Yeah, well, they loved that, didn't they? Crowds flocked to him. And he actually says, I think, in John's Gospel, doesn't it? You're only turning up because of the miracles. It says in John chapter uh, 
5, uh, he says, he, he says he, John says, Jesus did not entrust himself to them because he knew what was in the hearts of people, <laughs> what their expectations often were. That's excellent. A few other expectations, people. You don't eat with sinners. Um, you don't break the law. Sabbath, healing, uh, you know, I am the bread, I am the light of the world, things that declared him to be God. You don't do those things. And he also challenged, amongst thousands of other things, uh, his community and family rules as to what elder sons do. <gasps> Churned up the family, broke the rules. They had to camp outside Peter's door and get him out of there because he was mad and he was an embarrassment. Have any of you been like that as kids, your parents? So as we ponder emotionally, spiritually, healthy relationships with Jesus and each other, last week we looked on love and sacrificial love and now expectations. We see that God does have expectations of you and me and we see that we have expectations of him and if they don't line up, it's not going to go that well, is it? And here's the way, and we're now sort of having a bit of a think about some of Mr Scazzaro's idea, that the disciples' expectations of Jesus uh, probably kind of ran a bit in their minds. Sometimes our expectations are unconscious. In other words, we didn't even really know we expected that. Like, it's interesting how many people say, I really expected church to finish by 11. <laughs> but was that a conscious expectation? Was it just unconscious or something rather than, oh, duh. we don't even know we had the expectation until we're disappointed. <laughs> Secondly, unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic. Well... I'll sit on his right hand and you can sit on his left hand. Really? Is that a realistic expectation? We just have unrealistic expectations. Things like, but Dad, I thought you were going to buy me a new car. <laughs> really? Where did you get that from? Have you ever said that as a parent? Where did you get that from? Unrealistic expectations. Thirdly, unspoken expectations they're conscious the, ex the expectation even realistic but not spoken sometimes this happens in relationships where you're married that goes something like if you really loved me you'd read my mind <laughs> and you'd get it right every time expectations unconscious unrealistic unspoken and then finally, unagreed upon expectations. Did we ever really agree on that expectation? Or was it just, that's the first one that I started with. We're having this conversation and, you know, it's clearly an expectation here, but, boy, it's news to me. Was it agreed upon that that's what we actually thought? Jesus and his disciples could have had lots of long, productive discussions about their expectations of either each other couldn't they but you know Jesus expectations they were conscious they were realistic they were spoken and the question was had he and the disciples actually agreed upon them 
while they had, we'll follow you to the end of the earth, they just weren't too keen on the road. They just weren't too keen on the road when it kept coming up to them. And and note this, Jesus said this road going down, remember Philippians 2 takes you down and then Jesus brings us with him up again. This road will lead to glory, he said. But boy, we're cautious. So do you hear God's expectations of you? Have you had a conversation in prayer with him where you say, Lord, I will concur with your expectations of me. I agree. I'll do it. If you want to fight, that's fine. But just have the conversation. What about other people's expectation? Do you stop and clarify and work to the point of shared agreement so that when we decide to do something, we're actually doing it together? Particularly if it's between you and the person. I mean, it gets a bit more complicated when it's big community expectations and organisations. And I'd I'd like to acknowledge that at times I I haven't been great at clarifying uh, expectations. And then other times I do it quite unconsciously. But it's good to start thinking about it. And I want you to be encouraged that there are innumerable things that you can expect from God, promises that he's made abundantly clear but you can be distrustful of God and his promises, just like we can be distrustful of each other. Shy, cautious. God says you can expect sacrificial love, forgiveness, grace, adoption, welcome. Expect it. But remember, God isn't like you. He's not distrustful like you because often what we do is we God's behaviour with our behaviour. Hmm. Hmm. Suspicion. Mistrust. And one of the great verses in the New Testament is in Revelation chapter 12, where it says that the accuser accuses us all day long. Isn't that amazing? And some of you will sit there going, yeah, that's right, and God's listening to him about me. And God's agreeing with him about me. Once again, Nicky Gumbel said just the other day, he said, when the accuser of the brethren stands before God, accusing us day and night, God doesn't hear any of it. He's not listening to that. Your expectation of God is not that he listens to a liar who accuses you but he fulfills every promise that he's ever made to you, even unto death. And that's such good news. Expect that. Now, just to conclude, application. Once again, some helpful tips to clarify expectations. Just some helpful tips. Try these. They're in the book. Hmm. Do you mind if you and I just clarify an expectation that I have of you that's not being met that concerns emptying the dishwasher? Is that correct, that we did agree that that would happen and it would be your job? Is that correct? Can I count on that? It's a good question. It's a good good thing to do. So, 
I expect that the dishwasher will be emptied uh, and I probably needed to clarify first thing in the morning first thing in the morning because mum's got no legs at the moment and I'm busy and you're on holidays do we agree to that it's not nasty it's just get the expectation clear you get the tick tick you you passing the I wonder is another way of coming at expectation I wonder I, I'm inquiring. I wonder, uh, you've got a carpet cleaner and we've got this little patch of carpet down there that got really messed up on Friday night at youth group. I wonder, would you be willing to bring your little carpet cleaner in and just run over that? Can I expect that? I wonder. Do you mind if I do a bit of mind reading for a minute? Because here's the thing... Um, Look, it was about 11 weeks ago and I was up here, church had finished and I saw you down the back of... I'm just... Do you mind if I do a bit of mind reading and wondering here? And I saw you down the back of the church and as my eyes passed this way, I saw your eyes pass that way and for a second our eyes met and I'm sure you were saying, you hate me. I'd just like to check out that assumption. Do you hate me? Is that true? We do that, don't we? We do that. So there's just four little things. They're in the book. That's week two of the book. It's great, useful, practical stuff that, uh, that helps us uh, grow in relationship with each other and probably with Jesus. Jesus and the Father have clearly stated expectations of you, but also they've abundantly poured gracious expectations of what you can expect from them. He died for us and showed us grace and forgiveness. Let's not miss the opportunity to grasp the greater promise he has because our expectations fall short of his wonderful, beautiful, eternal offer. Lord, bless your people today. Thank you for them. Lord, help them and me and everyone else here to impute good motive to each other, to know that you're here to love and we're here to receive love just as we have been loved. And Lord, to clarify our expectations for your glory and for our joy, in Jesus' name. Amen.